Lions fans, it is Ben Miller here with your West Side Lions podcast. We are here to talk about a very fun uh, first game of the season. The regular season football is back. Detroit Lions have some real games that we are playing now. Uh, we have some exciting things to talk about, some upsetting things to talk about. But we've got things to talk about that matter, and that's what we are excited for here. Now, let's get into our two co-hosts that are here with us today. We have Jake Krieg is here. Jake, how are you doing on this wonderful, wonderful afternoon? I'm doing well. How are you, Ben? I cannot complain at all. It's Tuesday, but the week's going by fast for me, so I cannot complain. Uh, and then with uh, with Jake here is also Austin is back now with us. Austin, how are you after you had your nice little vacation? Uh, yeah, my vacay was amazing, uh, but glad to be back on the grind. Let's get it. Good. Yes. Well, um, so as I said, you know, Lions football, real football is back. Regular season, you know, fans in the stadium. It felt so good to just have real football back you know just i really quickly just want to see how did you guys both feel about just one football season back again but two like the whole fan vibe like it's it's so much different than last year what did you guys think um just the energy of these of these games you know the differences between last year and this year what do you guys think that you know what what were your biggest takeaways from the differences uh, I felt very like happy and energized because last football season, uh, NFL season, was very like depressing. It was like, ah uh, man, we just have no fans and stuff like that. But for a good reason, of course, because of COVID, mm-hmm. um, that obviously needed to be treated with the proper precaution precautions, and it's still here. But, um, but it just when I saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys game. Boy, did that hype hype me up! And I watched quite. I watched a couple good games um, on Sunday, the Lions game included. And just to see the fans back, just so happy. It's just a great energy, and it's just at this time it really feels like football's back because last year, it 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 wasn't it wasn't the same. Yeah, something was missing last year for sure. Austin, yeah. do you feel that same way? Oh heck yeah. And um, I was I was lucky, and I got to go to the the Indianapolis Colts, you know, the preseason game against that. And I mean, even the atmosphere there was that was great. Just being able to see all the fans in the stadium. I thought there were you know very many, but right. yeah, it was it was tons of fun. Yeah, it just feels good. Um, and it it's good to like we had this whole off season where. You know, we tried to find fun things to do and talk about and, you know, try to find some things to analyze. But we have actual games to talk about now. Like, this is what we, like, really enjoy here, right? This is what we love to do is watch what this team puts out on the field and then we take a look at it and see what just happened. So let's dive into it. You know, we had a game, a tough game coming in. Um Lions versus the 49ers. We, I think most fans expected to lose this game, and we did. We did lose the game. Um, we 
pretty much expected. I mean, the final score kind of just, it's what we expected. Um, how we got to that score, however, a little bit unsus unsuspected. Um, let's just quickly talk about the game. Uh, you know, Jake, Austin, I'll, I'll start with Austin first on this one. What were just overall thoughts of the game and, and just the team in general coming out? Yeah. Um, I mean, that opening, gosh, I hate doing this two days later, but <laughs> I'm trying to remember what actually happened. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it was just the hype of being able to see the regular season, hype of seeing all the players out, you know, trying to get a gauge on, you know, what this whole new regime is all about and um, seeing the new players, you know, are being able to see Sewell in a, you know, a live action game in the regular season. That was, you know, tons of fun. And he was going against Nick Bosa and I was, I was super pumped about seeing that, seeing how he did. Yeah. Um, and with that, like at a different position than when he was being trained for all of training camp, right? Yeah. Like, with yeah. the, with the injury of Decker, you know, he had to switch over to left tackle, which he had done, you know, in college and, and stuff. So that was actually his natural position. So that was a big talking point coming to, into today as well was, you know, how would Sewell look? Um, but yeah, yeah. Keep going, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into more of that later. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, it was just, you know, tons of fun being able to see that. And um, I mean, the run game, though, that's that's what got me really hyped. Right. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that a later. little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more, too, for sure. Um. Jake, what was your overall, you know, takeaway from the game or or you know, what what was it that that you really thought coming out of this game? Well, when after watching the game, what I kind of got was a sense of what this team is, and it's a team where we're going to make mistakes, obviously. I mean, we don't have the best roster in in the NFL. We have a bunch of young players trying to prove. Mm -hmm. And we made mistakes early. Especially before the end of the first half, we made a, a few big mistakes that like made the 49ers up by a lot of points. I don't know the exact points at the at the moment, but what we did was we fixed that. We came back from and we were really close to um, tying the game up at the end. So what my overall reaction was was a team we were we are a team this year that does not give up. Mm -hmm. We're a team that plays the whole game. And that was great, just to see how many times we went for it on fourth down. It was energizing to see, to understand what type of team we're going to be. Like, I, I feel like I have a good grasp, grasp of what this offense will be this year now. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like my overall reaction is understanding. Like, I understand a lot more now what this team is going to be and what this team is trying to be. And... It's it's a good thing I'm seeing. This isn't a bad thing. Right. Yeah, so let, let's quickly just go over kind of what you talked about there with the um, comeback that, that this team started to try to pull, you know, pull out here. Um, going into about two minutes left of the fourth quarter, the Lions were down, I think, like 41-17 or something like that. And um, they got a touchdown, went for two points. Then they proceeded to do an onside kick, which then they got. 
they scored a touchdown, kicked, you know, got a two point conversion. Quintess toe tapper. Yep. And then they tried to kick another, um, another onside kick, which they did not get. Um, however, they still had all their timeouts. So they did a defensive stop. They forced them to, Oh no, they didn't. They, they, they forced they 49ers. Yeah. 49ers threw a ball that put them into first down range. It would have ended the game. Um, and Trey flowers comes up and punches the ball out, fumbles, and then the Lions get the ball back. We were down only eight points. So if we would have scored and gotten a two-point conversion, we would have put it into overtime. And we worked our way down to the field about the 25-yard line, and we just we just couldn't get it quite to the end zone uh, to do that. But, I mean, what an exciting last two minutes of this game. Um, the fans were coming alive, those that were left in the game. Uh, a lot of them had left at that point. But the fans that were left there really were getting into the game. Uh, the team was showing some fire and some passion which is really what you love to see and kind of what dan campbell had talked about you know he's gonna bring a team that is you know it's gonna they're gonna get knocked down with it they're gonna come back up and bite a kneecap on the way up and i feel like we kind of saw that a little bit right like that's that's what he wanted to have this team be and and while i think you know while we did in the past have close games you know last year and whatever we had many games that were close, you know, um, it's different with the, with the team that we have right now and being able to get it back to that close. Um, pretty, pretty awesome in my eyes. So, uh, let's move into some of the positives that we saw in this game. Some things that maybe like Jake said, uh, are good things that, that happened that we can kind of build from and, um, things to kind of be hopeful for. Um, I'll start out with the one that I basically just said, you know, that the lions do have heart. And I think that comes from Dan Campbell. Um, I think that Dan Campbell is the guy. I, I, I truly think that he's, he's the right coach for this team um, and what they want to be. Um, so I'm excited for that. I think Dan Campbell really just brought a new fire to this team that I'm excited to see. Um, what about, you know, what about you, Jake? What What is a uh, positive that you have in this game? There was one thing that stood out to me above everything else. There's a lot of positives, but this one thing got me the most excited. I might need to buy two jerseys now for these two players mm. because these dual threat, this dual threat game we're, we're building with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams wow. looks mine. phenomenal. Yes. It looks so good. They both played lights out. They both this, got 100 yards from scrimmage, too. That Yeah, Williams that had is, 110, and Swift had 104. They yep. both had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That is just insane. This this We are b- building something phenomenal, and this looks like – it looks like a mere copy of – um, the Saints a couple of seasons ago with uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, where it looks like Jamal is going to be playing that Mark Ingram role and um, Swift will be playing the Kamara role more in my eyes. But look at Jamal was in the pass game a lot. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, like, yeah, he he might be kind of like the bruiser and whatnot, but he is like underrated for his passing ability, yeah. too. Like he he did amazing with his pass catching, too. I it. It's a new era of running backs in Detroit that we have not had 
for as long as I can remember, really. Like it's it's a whole new whole new era of running backs, which which Lions fans have been dying for. Yeah, and th- we're a team that is definitely going to rely on our running backs because of our lack of um, veteran wide receiver depth, and we just have a lot of young wide receivers that are trying to build up. Right, we're trying to build up right now and develop. So we're definitely going to rely on um, the two running backs a lot. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw, they can be reliable. The only concern for me is Swift's health. But, um, I mean, other than that, it, it just looked phenomenal and so exciting. And here's the thing that also got me um, a little bit extra excited just for DeAndre Swift was, you know, with the game that he put up um, – I think most people would have been pretty happy about that. Dan Campbell says, you know what? You could tell that he was out all preseason. You know, once he starts getting some more reps and he'll be, you know, he's going to get back up to his full self. He's got more to show. He's got more to show. Okay. Okay. Dan Campbell. That's fine with me. Let's get him back up there then. Cause I mean, imagine that just Deandre Swift at full power with Jamal Williams. I mean, there was a there was a stat that I saw today, and I can't remember exactly what it was, so don't quote me exactly. But um, this really proves to another positive that I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, but Jamal Williams, I think, like on average, most of his runs, uh, he did not get touched um, about eight yards after his run started from the line of scrimmage, which means that those offensive linemen moved those defensive linemen and linebackers. <laughs> so far back that most of his yards were like, he didn't get touched until eight yards up the field. And this is without Taylor Decker too. Exactly. Just to remind you guys that that's without Taylor Decker. Right. So let's, let's get into that. Um, Sewell was a big, big piece that a lot of lions fans were going to be watching uh, for this game with Taylor Decker out Sewell moving back into the left tackle position. Um, and I have to, I have to give this one to Austin to talk about because this is like, I mean, Austin's been banging the table all, all off season about the offensive line and for Sewell. So, I mean, Austin, tell us about Sewell. How did he do? Um, and the offensive line in general. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it was his first game in the NFL and he was going against one of one of the best pass rushers in the game right now. Yeah. And he held his own. He did great. Not only did he hold his own, he won most of the reps against Nick Bosa. He, yeah. He was the highest rated offensive line, uh, rookie offensive lineman and a top three rated offensive lineman in the NFL this week. Well, I he, can I he was also the youngest offensive line to ever start yeah too yeah i i'm not trying to degrade sewell here but nick bosa did just come off a serious acl tear but that does not mean he's not one of the he's still not one of the top so 10 i pass rushers in the game so. so i had actually been listening to a couple of podcasts that the 49ers have put out about um about their line and everything and um the uh, they were talking about how Nick Bosa and his training that he did all, 
over the offseason put him in better shape than what he came into in his rookie season. And he was expected to be even better than that rookie season because of that. So, I mean, it's only, it is only first injury. week. He was coming off injury going into his rookie season though, right? In, in his rookie, he did, but he had all, you know, he, the combine he or whatever. He looked yeah. great. And then he had that mm-hmm. tremendous rookie season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's week one, but they were expecting huge things out of Bosa. And honestly, I think that if if it was a different left tackle, I think he probably would have had the game that they were expecting. Um, but yeah, keep going. Keep going, Austin. Tell uh, more about Sewell and, and just the offensive line in general, because we have a lot to talk about with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, Sewell played great. Um, I mean, our whole O-line played really good um i mean they had a few you know the 49ers had a few qb hurries and they got a couple sacks but i mean just look at our run game but sewell the run gave game up we had sewell gave up zero of those sacks by the way <laughs> no he gave up one just not against bosa. one sack not one against sack. bosa though he's clearly fixing his mistakes yeah like they said he was going to do so so let's just talk about this now because we're going to have to talk about it at some point. And Lions fans are talking about it nonstop right now. Um, and just now seems a good, like a good time to do so. What do we do with Taylor Decker if Sewell continues to play at this kind of level at left tackle? I think he's smart enough to learn how to play right tackle, but that's not something you can do right away. Like that's like that'll take a bit to learn. So I think. Let me stop you right there. Now is the time. If he's gonna make the change, now is the time to do it. And his rookie season, before he gets comfortable at left tackle, now is the time to put him at right tackle to get him used to it. Okay. I was talking about Decker switching to right tackle because he. No. He, he, no. You don't take a Pro Bowl left tackle and move him to right tackle. Well, he's smart enough that. to do that. If he's like, if he, if he's a Pro Bowl left tackle, then I think he's smart enough to learn how to play right tackle. It will take time, though. But you, if we're, you if just, we're, you a don't team do that, that want, though. But you, you don't also do don't. That. You also it don't draft. Time. You also don't draft a the top left tackle generational talent in the draft and then stick him at right tackle, and then he plays bad, and then you say, well, it's just a wasted pick, though. Like, all preseason, offseason, he, let's be honest, he struggled at right tackle. And yes, you know, there's obviously learning curve and everything there, but there wasn't a learning curve when he went back to left tackle. Immediately, a million times better, and he has way more upside than Taylor Decker does. He played well, almost as good as Taylor Decker this game. I feel like we should put him in a place where he can succeed best because he is yes. 20 years old. I agree. And we need to put him somewhere where he's going to succeed for a long time in his career because if he's put at right tackle for a long, long time, he can just he'll just lose confidence because he just keep on right. l- letting rusher after rusher come to the quarterback and sack him. You're going to lose confidence like that. So if we put him in a place where he can succeed from the start like he was last game then 
then he'll be a Hall of Famer, no question. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like our I'm not sure who the right tackle was our last game, but they played Matt Nelson. Matt Nelson. Nelson did he, fine. Well, and, he well, played yeah. okay. He he he, he had some okay, football. Yeah. He he came in and he did his job. Yeah, he he struggled a little bit, but that's to be expect, expected against the 49ers. But my point is just that I feel like if there was someone to switch, if out of the two, Taylor Decker and Kanae Sewell, I would put the guy who is smart enough to do it at the moment, and that would be Taylor Decker to right tackle. It takes time, yes, but if we want to succeed the best way possible, I feel like that's the way because Sewell's so well that uh, Sewell is so young that we need to put him somewhere where he can succeed. I've, I Here's what I think that they need to do is – you know, T- Taylor Decker comes back, and this is all you know, assuming that Penay Sewell looks good the the next you know however many weeks until Decker comes back. We don't know. It could have just been a fluke that he he looked really good because maybe they gave him some extra help with the running backs chipping and some tight end blocking. You know, but if if he continuously looks this good, I mean, you have to at least see what you've got with Decker on the right side. Um, yep, and. And if, you know, maybe he doesn't look as, you know, passable on the right side, he is a top 10 left tackle in the league. You could get a first round pick for him from a trade before the trade deadline. Honestly, we're in a rebuild. We're in a rebuild right now anyway. I mean, picks are, you know, that's an option. You can definitely trade him for a late first round pick, in my opinion. I I would I, could definitely I really see hate that. to see you know to see Taylor Decker leave because he's been really been a guy who's talked about like he wants to end his career out in Detroit and and he's yeah. all about the team and everything. I really do love that, and which makes me think that he would be susceptible to at least hearing about moving over to right tackle. You know, he's talked about many times. You know, I'll do whatever to help this team win. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that 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 could be the case. But you know, if he doesn't look good on the right tackle side, which is possible, it's a, it's a difficult transition sometimes. But if he doesn't, we could trade him and get a pretty good pick in it, um, and that might be enticing for a team that's in a pretty hefty rebuild right now. You know, we don't have the luxury to keep around tremendous players that we have extra of in one position because. We have so many, we have so many holes we have to fill. It, it, just to uh, be honest, and and you you take the guy who's younger, who has the higher potential in that position, you know, ten times out of ten. So I I definitely agree with that. That's a great point. So we'll see what happens with that. Again, we have many games to go, many games to go to see what he can you actually guys drive do. Me nuts. <laughs> well, listen, you wanted Sewell, so this is what you get. He's a left tackle, apparently. Um, so hey, in. I mean, our other options, I mean, we have options here, okay? Just hear me out. He keeps Sewell at left tackle. Don't don't you dare say left guard, Taylor Decker. Don't you dare that's even. Exact, that's exactly don't you where I'm dare, going. No. That's exactly where I'm going. No, it's Taylor a whole... Decker at left guard. He put... Nelson at right tackle. Oh, and then we have Vitae at right guard. Oh, God. What about, so, what about Jonah, Jonah Jackson, Jackson, which is our, one of our leading guards right now? You're just going to take him off the field? 
Move that him doesn't... to right guard and then put Vitae well, isn't right that tackle. a hard transition? I would say that's equally as hard as switching yeah. from left tackle to right tackle. No, I yeah, I, I don't see that happening. We'll see what the Lions do, though. That's for sure, but I don't see that happen. That's too much movement. Um, So we talked about our running backs already a little bit. I have another thing that's a positive in mine. Um, and I have to be the one to talk about this, right? It's uh, TJ oh, Hawkinson. Gosh. I mean, let's be honest. TJ Hawkinson is the uh, tight end who has the second most receiving yards from any tight end in the NFL after week one. Um, and is, is Gronk or Darren Waller number one? Waller is number one. Okay, yeah. And, uh, I mean, he looked amazing. Like, we, it was what we expected that TJ Hawkinson is, is Jared Goff's security blanket. You know, that's – Yeah. It, it looked exactly like that, you know – little dink and dunk passes or whatever he can get it to tj hawkinson he had some run after catches for some of them i mean he had a couple you know he had a touchdown i think he had a two-point conversion as well right yep he did yeah i mean he just looked exactly like what we had expected and it looks like he has not taken a step back at all from last year looks like he's just mm. continuing to you know continue to grow and i'm just super excited about tj hawkinson Austin, what do you want to say about TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, I mean, he was second in targets for the team. He had 10, and he also tied the team lead for eight receptions, 97 yards. So, yeah, I mean, he looked great. I mean, every time that Goff needed somebody to, you know, just kind of dip it off to, and Hawkinson was there, nice, reliable hands. Yeah. He's what you want in a tight end. That's right, Austin. I'm going to make you say that every oh, single gosh. game. <laughs> Jake, do you have anything you wanted to add on to TJ Hawkinson? I'm just going to say he looked elite. I mean, in my eyes, like the, an elite tight end is like um, you said, is someone reliable. Or um, he's just reliable, and we're going to have a lot of a lot of times where our wide receivers are not going to be open, and I, I know that no matter what, if TJ Hawkinson is covered at least, I know he'll make a great effort to catch the ball. He's just a great player, and he's not talked to as good enough as he should be around the NFL. He is one of the best at his position, and I'm just thankful we have him. Yeah, he's definitely making a case to put him in that elite tier of tight ends in this league. You know, the Kelseys, the Kittles. He's definitely— Yeah, Ben, I got a question for you. Okay. Who was more elite, Hawkinson or Kittle? Oh, Hawkinson, hundred percent. Kittle had well, some as good of right now, or like you're talking about in this game, oh, right? In the game, oh, in the game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, Hawkinson, hundred yeah, percent. Kittle had yeah. some, yeah. Kittle had some a great play here or there. He did some amazing blocking, and that's just what Kittle does. You know, he's an amazing yeah. blocker. But overall, Hawkinson, I think mainly just because they were, you know, they leaned on him more. Um, yeah, in this they game. Had, um, 49ers had Debo Samuel, who was very oh, reliable in the off. past game. Yeah, he's on my fantasy team too. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm I think not very happy about it. Um, yeah, I think TJ looked great in this game. So you know, that's really all I had for positives. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to add in for the positives for this game? Um, 
Uh, go ahead, Austin. Well, I've got... You guys are not probably going to like me for this, but it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess. Kind of positive, kind of negative. Really, mainly negative, but... <laughs> Get out with it. <laughs> Akuda's out for oh, the Oh, you season. son of a gun. <laughs> That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. I don't How have to worry good? about him in coverage anymore. Okay, that, that's okay. my that's my positive. If I, I, I don't say, have to worry about him anymore. That is one of the worst things that could happen to this team. A guy we drafted third overall two two drafts ago is out for the season, and he did not look good last year with injuries and just how he played. And I was excited to see how he played. He he absolutely blew coverage, and on the one touchdown in the game. Um. But hold on, I hold mean, on, hold on, hold so, on, hold so on. What hold are you, on. What are your thoughts? No, on hold on. Let me getting reamed out. Let me talk. No, hold on. Let me let me go oh. through this real quick because I just had to defend Okuda to somebody else too. Hold uh, on. No. Let me talk about Okuda for a second. So first off, Okuda last year did not look good. We can all agree on that. Yeah. We can also agree he was put in an awful scheme where he was yeah. getting no help from pass rushes at all. Um, Definitely. So he looked awful all of our corners and you know secondary looked bad yeah um, if you paid attention even in the slightest bit to training camp and offseason this year this was a whole new jeff okuda he yeah. was amazing all preseason i was so excited to see him come out and see what he can do in preseason he had some good some bad the the bad plays that he have get ex like blown up more because it's something that gets turned into like a huge play. The the one against was it Juju in the Steelers game where he was gonna try to go make a play and got made just a wrong read. That's a that's what happens when you're young. You're gonna make some bad reads. Got a big touchdown scored on him. In this game, people are gonna say he had that huge touchdown given up on him. Let me talk about that specific play for a second. Jeff Okuda was draped all over him the entire route. And then he just was playing it, assuming the ball was going to be thrown well. The, the ball was thrown under to the wide receiver, which then the wide receiver made a great adjustment. Jeff Okuda at that point had too much momentum going forward, and he stumbled. He had he great coverage. He Yeah, he had great coverage the entire rest of that play, though. If that ball was thrown normal or, like, not underthrown, that would have been pass breakup for sure. Maybe even an interception. Oh, I'm not saying that. That's that. I I was. It's gonna happen. Like I. That's not what upset me. What upset me was the injury because I was excited to see him right. play this season. Well, I, I'm, I'm not saying of... that one play defined his game because it definitely did not. Yeah, I just I just hate to see people talk about like how Jeff Okuda is a bust or whatever. He's just he's not. He yeah. really was going to be. In my eyes, he was going to make a huge step up this year. He was going to be a team leader on our defense and yeah. have such a good year to build. And then this awful Achilles injury, which is a tough injury to come back from. However, he is super young, so that will help him. Um, it, you just hate it's to see scary. it. Though. Yeah, you just hate to see it because he really, the you know, he had such a high ceiling this year of potential mm -hmm. that he was going to have. And it just he doesn't even get to get through the first game. Um, so first it's off, Austin, I me. hate you. I hate that you said <laughs> that. Um, Cause no, come on. 
Jeff Okuda is not a bust. He's not bad. He has not had a chance to really just grow in a season because last year was an awful scheme, and then he doesn't even get a chance to finish the first game this year. Yeah, there's nothing good about that injury. There's no positive in that in my eyes. No, no positive. Nope. That's 100% a negative. So now we're in the negatives. Let's start more with the negatives. Um, the defense in general, in my eyes, Awful. has some work to do. Well, well, well. Actually, I'm going to give some credit to Tracy Walker. Tracy Walker on a few plays looked pretty good in my eyes. He had one sack. That yeah, and he also had some good coverage and great tackles. That was too, a my... straight blitz where he, nobody got him. There's, he had some good tackles too. There's so a couple Tracy people on Walker the defense. Like he... There's a couple people on the defense that deserve, uh, you know, a little recognition. Tracy Walker, I think, deserves a little bit. Um, our undrafted free agent slot corner, um, AJ Parker, also deserves some credit. He had he was one of our highest rated defensive players that game. Um, the fact that you didn't hear his name at all is a great sign because he wasn't getting thrown to because he was covered, uh, covering people well. Um, so that's really good to see. But I think just in general, I mean, you take a look at this game and the 49ers didn't have to punt until the fourth quarter or third, third quarter. Didn't have to punt until the third quarter. That can't happen. Every single drive up until then was a touchdown or some points. That's not good. That's not good at all. You can't have that. Um, the run defense up until obviously like the fourth quarter when you knew everything that they were going to do is run looked really rough. The backup, yeah. the backup running back got over a hundred rushing yards this game. I'm pretty sure he's the third stream behind Trey Sermon. Yeah. He, he looked great. He was a six round pick. Yeah. And he, he looked, looked great. Tremendous. Yep. Yes. So, I mean, and I do want to give credit to 49ers. They have a very tough offense. They really do. They have so yeah. many weapons. They do a lot of trickery things and um, try to get you to go one way and open up a different. I mean, that they do that extremely well. I, I could see them being a top five offense this year. But, I mean, you have to be able to, you know, help yourself here on the defense. And we just really could not stop them. I think Alex Anzalone looked awful. Uh, our linebacker that we have and, and yeah. new to Vi. Yeah. Good. New to Vi. I mean, he really just did not look good. Um, I, I wish that they could really maybe start to see if Derek Barnes can fill into that position. Cause he was Alex Anzalone was rated one of the lowest defensive players on our team this, this week. It was a rough game. Um, the, you know, the running was rough. The passing Obviously, we had some bumps, as we talked about. Okuda let up a big one. Um, they had some just, I mean, almost every single play that they wanted to throw was was almost caught every single time, and then usually getting more yards after a catch. Um, Okuda had, like I said, some positives and negatives for the day, um, and I know you guys want to talk about this. Uh, he got reamed out by Aubrey Pleasant on the yeah, sideline yeah, after he was out of position on, on one of those running touchdowns. Um, and, and then later when he, he, um, got beat on that touchdown when he, he just stumbled Aubrey Pleasant, you know, <clears throat> much more in a loving fashion, you know, giving him the head to head, you know, talking to him, you know, trying to make him feel better about that. Um, so let, I, I know Austin wants to talk about, let's talk about that real quick. The, um, 
Aubrey Pleasant reaming out Jeff Okuda, yelling at him, saying, do your job, do your job. It looks like Alex Anzalone even had to, like, step in a second and kind of, like, push the coach away and be like, hey, yo, chill out, chill out. Um, what did you guys think about it? I, I'm not super worried about it. Dan Campbell talked about it a little bit today. But what do you guys yeah. want to, you know, talk about with it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not very worried about it. Um, it happens. And, um, yeah, I, I read the, what Campbell had to say on it. And, um, he said, you know, that, that's kind of what happens at practice, you know, and Mm -hmm. you just happen to see in a live game. And so I I would be much more worried if this was like Patricia's scheme where, you know, the players are not getting along with the coaches and they're sitting there yelling there at them. But the players have talked about numerous times how much they love Aubrey Pleasant. And that's when you can really kind of do that kind of stuff. Um, when you have the, you know, respect and the trust and the love of the players. You know, sometimes you can, it's tough love sometimes. It, that was really tough love. But, I mean, the players love Aubrey Pleasant. And I think that that just kind of goes with their relationship that they have um, where he can feel like, you know, he can kind of put him in his place and, and kind of psych him up a little bit and try to, you know, fire him up. But um, a lot of the NFL is just like, oh, lions are clowns again. And, you know, I hate to see that. But, uh, Jake, what did you think about it? I'm not really worried about it. Um, it. I don't think he did it out of pure, like, anger and stuff like that. I think he was just trying to help Okuda. And I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. And... I mean, if, if, I mean, sure. I mean, like basically almost screaming out of Kuda. I mean, that's not okay. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah, that like it yeah, gets to a point where it's like, I don't feel like if I was in Okuda's place, I wouldn't be motivated more as I would be like kind of annoyed. And I feel like there's better ways you can motivate a player than just like straight up screaming at him. Um, but I mean, I, I don't see it being a big deal. I feel like if if it was considered wrong of him to do that, according to Okuda and Dan Campbell and the players and the coaches, I mean, I feel like he'll fix that because he has too good of a relationship with the players right now to ruin that. So I, I, I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah, I, I think that he might have gotten himself, you know, a little bit too fired up. And he talks about, like, how – he does get fired up. He's a he's an emotional guy. He gets super fired up. I think maybe he could have, you know, maybe he did get fired up a little bit too much maybe, but, um, you know, I'm not super worried about it. I think that that goes along with, like, that relationship that he has with them. So I'm not too worried mm-hmm. about it. Um, I think he just cares. Like, I'm not going to say cares too much, but he cares a lot. And I, Yeah, I think he shows. really wants to see, especially Okuda, succeed. Mm-hmm. And when he does stuff like that, he gets upset because he's living – he's a former player. He lives vicariously through them. So when they're making mistakes, it's like he's making mistakes, and he's like, you got to clean this up. I want you to succeed so that we can succeed. And then when you're not doing it, then he gets frustrated. I think that just yeah. goes – you know, that's part of it. It's part of the whole former player thing. That's what you're going to get some some fiery coaches. And that could be a positive, and sometimes it can be a negative. But like I said, I don't think – there's too much to be concerned about there. Um, okay. I think we've talked a decent amount about the defense. Um, the defense was a big negative in this game. 
I have another negative that I'm not sure if you guys share the same negative, but when I rewatched the game, um, and I specifically looked at everything besides the fourth quarter, um, I'm worried about Goff. Uh, you are? I'm worried. Well, hold on. So besides the fourth quarter, it, like if you look at Goff's stats, you're like, okay, he had a good game. You know, he played decent. If you rewatch that game, he overthrew passes. He missed passes. Yeah. He was very inaccurate for three quarters of this game. And then the whole fourth quarter, just dink and dunk passes where he just moved the ball down the field to super easy passes to Jamal Williams or, you know, somebody sitting right over the middle, TJ Hawkinson, whatever it is. Um, besides that, he, he didn't like to throw the ball down the field. I don't think he's got that confidence right now to do that or the wide receivers to help with that. Um, but like early on, one of the, I think in first quarter, one of the first drives, he had an easy touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown and he just overthrew him, just overthrew yeah. it. And then on another couple first downs where it would have been easy first downs, he threw it too far to the side, very inaccurate passes that most, most starting quarterbacks should be able to hit that and then keep your drive going. I mean, that ruins your drive when you can't hit your guy who's sitting on the you know first down line. And I, I think that kind of worries me a little bit is I don't think he has the confidence right now. And I hope maybe I, I think that you also have to take a look at the wide receivers obviously didn't help him. There were a couple dropped passes. Yeah. From yeah. Swift. There is even, some, yeah, there's just some, some rough looking things there. And it might be also that the, um, you know, the chemistry is not there yet, but I mean, I, I'm a little worried about golf and his accuracy right now. Jake, go ahead. Ben Miller, Austin Rudland. Do you guys think Jared Goff is our franchise quarterback? Um, big N O. Yeah, Ben, is your answer no too? Uh, yeah, I a hundred percent say no, and I feel like you knew that. <laughs> well, I'm just making sure because, and you both agree that we're in a we're in a serious rebuild right now. Yes. I do I agree with that. However, you also like, I know where you're going with this, that, you know, you're not gonna, you know, we're not keeping it around for the long term, So whatever, however, we should they still want, care about this. They have to like be competitive and we can't be competitive. Well, if your quarterback can't hit a nine or five yard out route. Like, well, yeah, this is something that they need to focus on obviously, but I just don't think that we need to be like, super super worried about it because yes he did look inaccurate a lot a lot he didn't have a good game honestly but he is not our guy for the future i would be way more worried right now if this was our certified starter quarterback for the next five years i would be way more worried right now but i am a little worried about golf but i mean he's given weapons to help him succeed better like Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. He can he can lean on them to make run the ball forward or just to pass to them, as we saw against the 49ers defense, which is a very good defense. We saw that he could lean on TJ Hawkinson basically a lot of the time. He he when everyone else is covered, he could throw to TJ Hawkinson. So he's got reliable people, and I just don't think we should be super worried about him because 
he isn't our franchise quarterback, and I think we can all definitely agree on that. It's just, yes, I, I just, I, it's been frustrating to me to see all this Jared Goff hate from the whole Lions fan base when he's new to this team and he's not the greatest quarterback. So I feel like we should just let him fix his mistakes. You know, you guys understand what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, and I'm not upset for like. I'm not worried about the Lions having Jared Goff because I know he's not going to be sticking around for a long time. However, this is what we got for the team that we have right now. You know, for people wanting to know what we have in this team right now, I'm worried that Goff can't. I think probably some people. I know that there's a lot of Lions fans who think Goff can get back to his Super Bowl time. I don't think that that. I don't think that's the Goff that we have anymore. I don't think it is. No. It's it's just not who we have, and that's what I think when I'm saying like. I'm worried about Goff. I'm worried that Goff is not what all what a whole bunch of people are hoping that we have. I think Goff looked very much like what I think he was going to be, um, which is kind of he's he's a step down for sure. Um, I just don't want I, people to to assume that Goff can is the guy who's who took a team to a Super Bowl. I feel like the reason we're all upset about like how Goff played and like how we're all like a little disappointed in how he played is because of who we're comparing him to do, to we're comparing oh, him to I knew Matthew this was gonna Stafford. Come up at some point. We are comparing him to a very, very, very good quarterback in the national football league. <laughs> There's a huge difference between the two players, huge difference. So he's got big shoes to fill. And I, I just don't think he can fill those shoes. So I don't know. That's just how I feel. The and whole ex-girlfriend effect. He he's right. used to being a part of a very reliable team. Like when he played in LA, he had a very reliable offense for most of the time. He had Todd Gurley for the majority of his tenure with the um, Rams. He had some good right wide receivers too. So he's just used to more talent, and he doesn't have that as much now. So it's a huge it's a huge difference for him. Right. I get that. And I know that a lot of fans, a lot of Lions fans, you know, do take a look at that and say, you know, we did have Matthew Stafford. We're expecting more. I think more than anything, um, I think just we were expecting more even just from Jared Goff. And 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 I think if if you take a look at his stats and I if I really uh, really what I mean in all total is if you take a look at Jared Goff without his fourth quarter throws. It's not just like not good. It's bad. Yeah. Like it's yeah. bad, bad. Mm-hmm. Like one of the worst, mm-hmm. like all not worse than Aaron Rodgers, but like bad, <laughs> bad, bad. It's just not good. Like his accuracy, I think overall he had like a 95 QB rating. I think if you took out that fourth quarter and all of those passes that he had super easy passes to, I wouldn't be surprised if that's way way down and i think you get a little bit more accurate look at what he really showed in this game yeah one thing i was really kind of like i i feel like you guys might agree with me here but he was really talking up the lions as an underdog he was saying how this team is going to play well better than we expect which is true for a lot of people who weren't expecting much but he wasn't playing like that until the fourth right. quarter. He wasn't playing like that. So I don't think 
I think he needs to watch what he says next time. Well, I mean, he sure what, was not playing like that, but he had players su- on the team. What are you supposed to say? You're the team's captain. You're their quarterback. What are you supposed to say? Yeah, no, we're going to have a rough year. No, you have to. No. You have to be like, yeah, man, I don't care what people say. This is a good team. We, we're going to have, uh, you know, we're going to have a winning team. You know, don't worry about it. It just happens sometimes. I mean, sometimes you just can't control the criticism. And I think that's one of the situations that he just couldn't control it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that. Well, we're going to have this conversation no. again. Goff is going to make more mistakes. Goff is, yeah, we're going to well, have a, we're going to have a long, but... long season of talking about Goff. Um, <laughs> but let's move on. I think that kind of. Did you guys have any other negatives that you wanted to talk about? Just the defense in general, like you all talked about. Did you have anything and, else, Austin? No. Yeah, I mean. No, I mean, pretty much covered everything. I, I I, guess one person we haven't talked about yet, though, is, you know, Romeo Cora. He was he was pretty much a non-factor the entire game. Well, he actually had the most hurries of all, all the people on the team. Um, a lot of the times they had their right tackle, and they also had um, George Kittle on him. And you also have to keep in mind, he did a positional change. Like, he's not the defensive yeah. end anymore. He's an outside linebacker and that's a little bit of a change. Uh, so it's going to have a little growing pains with it. So, you know, it's not going to be super right away, but I mean, he looked like our best guy off the edge that we had uh, to be honest. I mean, there was really nobody else. He was getting back to the, he had a few quarterback hurries, a few quarterback hits. Um, he was really close to getting a couple sacks. Um, I'm not too worried about him right now. I think he looks right now still, um, the, our best player off of the edge. I'm not super worried about him. I um, this is not Romeo related, but I I'm a little worried about the wide receivers personally. <laughs> okay, we moved on. All right, yeah. I mean, okay. I feel like that's a general <laughs> concern with a lot of Lions fans, just in general. Yeah, yeah right. Definitely. Like wide receivers, we talked about. I mean, a lot of Lions fans have talked about wide receivers being an issue. I think that. Um, I mean, even especially with Tyrell Williams getting himself into concussion protocol now, we don't have a lot of options, right? No. What you... It'll be interesting to see which young guys show out. Right. Yeah. I think that Trinity Benson had some um, <clears throat> potential to continue to improve. I, I liked what I saw out of him. Um, again, ball placement was kind of bad from Jared Goff for a few of his throws and stuff like that, but... I liked what I saw from him. I think Quintus Cephas kind of showed out. I think the opportunities that he had, he really, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of showed out. I think that Quintus Cephas needs to be maybe brought in as, you know, maybe wide receiver one, two right now. Um, Khalif Raymond had a great play, you know. Um, That was running the ball, though. What's that? Uh, He had a few good plays. Yeah, Khalif Raymond yeah. had a great play where he caught it down in the end, like at the three yard line for one of those mm-hmm. final touchdowns. Yeah, I think that. I, I, okay, go ahead. I was gonna say, I just think I think our wide receivers are like average right now. We just don't have anybody that we can like, you know, something's not showing up. Who can I just throw it to and just rely on? Them? We don't have anybody like that that you can just kind of like rely on no matter what. And I think that's gonna be a struggle for us. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Just to go off that point, it just reminds me of you guys. I'm sure saw you know Patrick 
Mahomes comment on his Tyreek Hill touchdown, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, all right, just throw I knew it up. Tyreek Hill was over there. I'm just going to throw it up. Right. We don't have that guy, Mm-mm. so we've got to I mean, you know, gotta be accurate. Yeah, think about who we've had in the past that we, we have been able to do that. Calvin Obviously, the, the easiest one, Calvin Johnson. <laughs> I mean, Kenny Galladay in Kenny, recent years. Yep, Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Even Marvin Jones, you could do that. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like Golden Tate was a good option. Golden Tate, yes, hey, exactly. He's still available. We could sign him. He doesn't eh. want to come here. That's a whole. That's a discussion for another. Day. That's a whole other discussion. Saying. But yeah, I we just don't have that guy, and it's uh, just, a little worrisome. I just think that um, this is no diss to um, Brad Holmes at all at all but i just feel like in this upcoming draft I, wide receiver is a very important position it's mm-hmm. i i'm not gonna say what position is the most important because there's no really answer to that it's all opinionated but i feel like in this next draft we need to take wide receiver very seriously because that's a huge hole in the team and i feel like it needs to be a first or second round priority well if you remember us. from last year when brad holmes was talking before the draft um they had asked about wide receiver um, because we didn't really know what our wide receivers were going to look like. And he talked about how with the Rams, you know, you saw a wide receiver room really flip from being like one of the worst in the league to being one of the best in like a year time. It's, it's a room that you can flip kind of easy in an, in one off season. So I think that he definitely has that in his mindset that he, he, that that's gotta be a, um, a priority of his. And I think, Especially they if you're drafted gonna, well with Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think especially if you're going to continue um, with Jared Goff as your as your quarterback, you're going to need you know you got to give him some help. You got to give him some help out there. Uh, but I feel like instead of like I feel like that's a bit too much gambling for a rebuild though. I feel like yes, we need to get some late round wide receivers for sure. That and I feel like we can definitely find a few diamonds in the rough. But I feel like we need to draft someone that is pretty much. You you pretty much know what you're gonna get. You right. Know? No, I agree. I agree 100. percent I okay. think that we can draft a guy early. I think we mm-hmm. can get some guys in free agency, and Chris maybe even, and maybe even like a late round Gosh, wide receiver pick that shows nuts. out. I mean, your wide receiver room automatically takes a you know a complete 180 from there. Yeah. You know, it, it's possible. It's definitely We've possible. We've got money. Right. They We've definitely got have money. Some salary we can cap sign for someone. So. I, it's going to be an interesting offseason, but let's not quite get to the offseason yet. We still got week two. And with that, let's move into week two. We've got Green Bay Packers Monday night football at the Green Bay Packers. Um, Packers didn't have good. a great week one. So let's <laughs> talk about all. what is it that we are looking for in this game? I'll start real quick. I'm excited just to see Sewell part two. He's got some, some good time rushers over there. Um, and it'll be another test for Sewell. And I'm excited to see kind of what can happen uh, again with him at left tackle. Uh, what about you, Austin? What are you looking for in this game? Yeah. Um, really just improvement. I, I want to, you know, I want to see them, you know, come out and have improved in the areas that we've that we've talked about today and that the coaches have talked about. Um, I'm really not looking for, you know, one specific thing or anything like that. I'm just looking for improvement. Okay, Jake, what about you? 
I 100% agree with Austin. It's just whole team improvement. And just, I want to see the young guys improve their play. And one thing, though, that kind of stands up, stands out above the rest is the Jamal Williams revenge game. He got, he got replaced by A.J. Dillon as running back two for Green Bay. He's, it's his time to prove, hey, you guys made a mistake drafting A.J. I mean, it's, it's, you it's got that time. with you've also got that with uh, Aaron Rodgers, who uh, got benched last game after an awful game that he had. I'm sure that he's got something to prove as well. I think that this game could possibly. It's a good pretty... defense. It's it's the right defense to prove something to. <laughs> I I think that this could be a game that could be really rough for the Lions because the Packers want to prove something. And you're on Monday night football and you have the opportunity of a lifetime to show, Hey, that was just a rough game. This is what we can really do. And I really don't want the lions to be the one, <laughs> the yeah, guys just getting, that's... you know, putting a, put in a bad spot there. Um, I could see this as like a good, like a very good, it's like a 50, 50. I could see the Packers is completely killing us because they're, they're, they're mad mm-hmm. that they got destroyed by Jameis Winston. Um, or, or I could definitely say, Hey, maybe the Packers are just not it anymore. Maybe they've lost their spark. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, it, it, maybe he's should have went to the training camps. <laughs> I want to just clip right there where Jake says, you know what? Maybe Aaron Rodgers is just not that guy anymore. And just like, put that out and make that viral after this game just because I said, maybe I said, maybe <laughs> it won't show that on the clip. Um, <laughs> I have two other things that I'm looking for in this game though, from the lions. I want to see, cause Dan Campbell talked about it in the post game uh, interview. And then afterwards on like Monday, I think he talked about it as well. Um, the wide receivers just need to become more of a threat. Uh, they need to be schemed into something to push the ball down the field more. So I'm excited to see kind of if they can game plan something to make the wide receivers a little bit more of a threat. Uh, and then just in general, I want to see the defense get some stops. Like that's a big thing that they have to work on. The defense just has to be able to get some stops before the third or fourth quarter. It's just got to happen. If, if we're going to have any kind of success this year, um, we just have to be able to get some stops on defense. So that's going to be a big thing that I'll, I'm going to be watching for as well. What do you got, I'm excited Austin? to see how we do against Jaron uh, Stokes at corner. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking of corner, I get, one thing I am kind of interested in is, you know, who we replace Okuda with. Yeah, so, I, I mean, th- our, our two options right now would be either Bobby Price or – Jerry Jacobs uh, that we have on roster. Fitu Malafanu would be our our well, cornerback. Sorry, three. sorry. Yes, he he's the he's gonna be the next one up. Yep. And then it's after him, it's either Bobby Price or Jerry Jacobs. Right. Yep. So I think we'll be... I think most Lions fans know a move is coming. It just hasn't been official yet. Um, even that player has posted something about it on Instagram. It's just not been. Um, official yet uh so you know take it with a grain of salt but we're it looks pretty pretty sure that uh it looks like we might be re-signing quentin dunbar back for cornerback position um they were already talking about maybe bringing him back anyway uh since he's gotten some of his um personal stuff out of the way it looks like he had uh like a death in the family and he was kind of contemplating uh retiring and whatnot after all that but 
it looks like he's maybe starting to get in the mindset of coming back. But um, like I said, it is not official yet, so it's really kind of hard to say. But I'm assuming that that is where we're going to get a little bit of help there. Um, but we still have another uh, roster spot open as well. So who knows what that might get filled with. Maybe yeah, another wide receiver. You, yeah. Do you guys see a signing, you know, a wide receiver? I, I see it being corner personally. Well, we do have two. So I, I see corner going to one for sure. I I wouldn't be surprised, I'll say, if if there's a wide receiver getting filled with that other one. I know Austin's really liking Kelvin Harmon. Yeah, yeah. He does like him. He just okay. got cut. So let's move in. Now that the regular season is back, we can do the, the thing we really enjoy doing. Um, taking a look at the Green Bay versus Lions game. We're going to each go around and say one thing that we think that we are 100% sure of is going to happen in this game. So one thing that you think you know for this game. Jake, I'm going to start with you. What is the one thing that you think you know about this game um, at Green Bay? One thing I th- one, th- one thing I think I know that's going to happen is I think Jamal Williams will have a rushing touchdown and DeAndre Swift. No, actually I'm going to change it. I think um, Jamal and DeAndre will both have a touchdown. Okay. Austin, what's the one thing you think, you know, um, I'm going to steal Ben's because I think he might say something about this. Um, Hawkinson is going to lead us in receptions and yards. Oh, I like it. Um, that's not what I had actually. The thing oh, that okay. I think I know is I think that the lion, the Lions running backs are gonna have over 250 yards total for the game for the day. Jeez, like total run, yards? Nope, from scrimmage, so okay, passing okay. and running. Yep. I could see that. 250 is what yeah. I think that I think that they're gonna be able to get to. So I'm excited to see um, the possibility of that coming, and, and see what the Lions look like against a different team. All right. Well, with that being said, we are very look, very much looking forward to the Lions versus Green Bay on Monday night. After that game, we will be sending out another podcast with all of the action and info about that game. But until then, go Lions!